Wellness Force Radio, episode 18. A lot of the common things that I, I see with moms especially are, I don't have time, I can't, and I don't feel comfortable yet. And those are the three big ones that I see a lot. And in order to move past them, you have to be honest because essentially what those are is their lies. They're lies that we're telling ourselves to stop us from doing something different to get what we want. Welcome to Wellness Force Radio, where you will hear inspiring and passionate experts in the areas of wellness technology and behavior change. Your host, Josh Trent, will empower you with the knowledge and tools you need to take the very best actions in transforming your mindset, your body, and ultimately your life. Now, here's your host. Wellness Force Radio, welcome back for another inspirational and educational show. I am your host, Josh Trent. Thank you for sharing a little piece of your day in the car, out walking the dog, walking the cat if you have a cat. I don't know if cats have leashes. Wherever you are, thank you. This is the most exciting point in the podcast journey so far. I have had really great messages about the show, and I want to read one of them for you. This is from a listener. And her name is Jessica Renan. And she says, my new podcast is on play. I'm getting better. I'm knowing thyself. Hashtag knowing thyself. So thank you so much for listening, Jessica. Actually, for the audience, listen to Jessica's show. I think she has Team Renan podcast. And her husband is contributing to the Wellness Force blog this month about weightlifting and using the new Sculpt body fat training tool on the site. So check that out this month. I depend on your ratings and reviews in iTunes to keep bringing on the best information information and leaders. So please, if you're listening, take 30 seconds and go to wellnessforce.com slash review. It'll pop right up. It's easy to do. Now let's get into the show. Today I am talking with licensed clinical professional counselor and fitness and wellness entrepreneur, Lori Streeter. Lori, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited. This is going to be fun. This is round two for us. We had technical difficulties. Interesting, a show about wellness technology. We had technical difficulties, but I'm looking forward to this. I've done a little bit of research about your background, but really today's show is about empowering women specifically, people that are dealing with self-limiting beliefs, people that want a breakthrough in their mind and body which is something that I know you are dive into very, very deeply yourself and your practice. So Lori, we're grateful to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and, um, you know, provide the people listening with a lot of action steps that they can take away and, and put into to play immediately into their lives. So I wish podcasting was around when my mom was raising me. I think this show for moms <laughs> especially is going to be powerful. Let's read your quick bio so the listener and the audience can get a pulse on you. Lori is a licensed clinical professional counselor. She has 10 years of experience in the field of psychology. After having her son in 2011, she developed a passion for her own health and knew she wanted to help others make that mind-body connection. She completed a personal training and nutrition certification and began to work with clients all over the globe. As a health and wellness professional and a thought leader, Lori inspires and teaches others to live a life in alignment with their goals. She coaches clients both online and in person and has written for publications including Gorjo and Strong Fitness Magazines, as well as Elephant Journal. Lori, it's a great bio that you have, but before we spotlight how to use the mind to heal the body, I'm curious, what, what is something that people might not know about you? Um, if follow me on social media, I really like yoga. Um, I think what people get really interested to find out is I used to fight 
<laughs> so I don't even think I do that. Um, but that's how I met my husband at the gym. He was training me for some fights and, you know, Thai boxing, kicking Muay Thai martial arts. It's, it's a huge passion of mine. It's how we spend the weekend and watching the fights on TV. So it's definitely, um, a really good stress reliever, a great workout. And it's something I enjoy very much, uh, but don't highlight a lot. That's cool. I, I love that too, because we're talking about two sides of the pendulum as we're going to discuss today, getting into how to connect the mind to the body and how the thoughts can actually keep us back from performing at the highest level. But then here you are on the other side, fighting, really showing that aggressive side. So that's kind of cool, a cool contrast for the show today, knowing that you've been all the way to the left and all the way to the right. You know, and and it is crazy because I fight I think if I would have known what I know now and made the mind-body connection when I was fighting, I probably would have performed a little better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The gym, I was fine in the gym, but when you put me in front of people and you put me um, in stress situations and stuff, the mindset has so much to do with it. And um, I had a lot of struggles and anxiety and things I, I wasn't dealing with because I didn't know how to explain them to myself, much less get help with them. Um, so I, I, I perform very well in front of crowds, but I loved it. So I could train all day, um, but fighting in front of a crowd and stuff is not something that I would do again, just because it's not where my priorities lie. But yeah, if, if I would have known now what I, what I, or if I would have known then what I know now, I, I probably would have been a little better off. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Well, we all take this nonlinear path in life and I'm really curious about what led you up to create this program, this, this site breakthrough mind and body. Can you give the listener just a, a, a nice painted picture of what is breakthrough mind and body? Yeah. So, you know, Breakthrough is, it's, it's a brand and it's a website and it's, it's a place for information, but it become kind of a way of life and a lifestyle for, for me and the people that I reach. Uh, you know, it's, it's a place where I, I get to reach people, where I get to provide my spin on and life and, and my best way to, to help people and coach people to, improved fitness and nutrition and all around kind of personal development um, so that people can live a a healthier, fitter, happier life on their terms. And it's, it's become just a way to reach people and uh, on my terms, and I get to do it from everything that I've learned and the people that I've learned from and and been mentored by. So it's, it's become it's quite its own entity and I love it. So with Breakthrough Mind and Body, is it something where you're reaching clients at what level? What types of people do you work with and how do you serve them exactly? So uh, much of my fan base and readers and clients are women. A lot of them are moms because first and foremost, I am a mom and I think that's very relatable. And so a lot of my clients are women. Many of them are moms, um, usually around the like mid to late twenties to, you know, around their forties. So there's, there's a little bit of an age range. Um, but I, I get to work with people and on a one-on-one basis, but then people follow me on social media and they can get little pieces of information or inspiration there, or somebody can email me or send me a message on Facebook. And I always respond. And I, and I think people like that. People, often get surprised when I send them a message back, you know, within 24 or 48 hours, because I like to do that. I've liked that when I've reached out for help. So 
I want to be there for people and I want them to feel like I'm there for them and somebody's listening to them and available. And if it's a simple question or they read an article or they decide to work with me on a one-on-one basis, it's I'm there for them. This is really cool too. So, and it's a unique approach that you have when you reach out to people, but I want to, I want to put a little spotlight on the fact that you're a licensed clinical professional counselor. Can you describe that, what that is, first of all, and how that integrates into your training practice? Cause it's very unique to have a personal trainer. Who's also a licensed clinical professional counselor. Yeah. So, um, you know, in a simple way, Anybody really can go and get a personal training cert. They can go and take the tests and pay the money and do the the studying or the training or the workshop or whatever and go get that. If you want a the licenses that I have, you have to go master's and then two years experience with one license and then um, test for another license. So I've worked really, really hard. And that is unique. And, and that's a different approach because what I see... Um, you know, if, if you've ever been in the gym and just breaking down or you've had these walls up that you're just like, I just can't reach this goal. This isn't happening for me. I can't get past this barrier. And I don't even know what this barrier is. Those are the things that people don't really address and they keep trying to push and push and push through them. And sometimes they're doing more damage than good because sometimes we do have to backpedal a little bit. We do have to know where we come from and the stories that we tell ourselves in order to move forward. And there's a little bit of a connection there that I think people miss that I can ethically and legally attack and work work with on them. And um, you you kind of you really do have to know where you come from in order to know where you're going. And and I get to do that. It's it's, it's something unique that, that definitely not everybody has. I love this too, because when I've worked with clients, I mean, I've, I've trained over 10,000 different sessions and the majority of them were focused on the physicality. But what I've learned, and I'm sure you've come across is these really challenging, almost like a nail driven into the ground mindset of belief. And I loved what you said about, you know, we, we have to know where we come from and the stories we've told ourselves in order to move forward. When we're looking at a mom who has an extremely busy day, what are some of the common, like maybe two or three common belief systems that come up for your clients that are holding them back? So I, I think first what I have to do um, for the people listening is, is define limiting beliefs. And those are basically lies we're telling ourselves. You know, self-limiting beliefs are the lies and these self-deprecating thoughts that are keeping us from taking action and they serve a purpose. They keep us from taking the action and keep us from creating a fear and moving past something. And that's scary. Action is scary. To move forward is, is really scary for a lot of people. So a lot of the common things that I, I see with moms especially are, I don't have time, I can't, and I don't feel comfortable yet. And those are the three big ones that I see a lot. And in order to move past them, you have to be honest because essentially what those are is their lies. They're lies that we're telling ourselves to stop us from doing something different to get what we want. I love the way you touched on lies. <laughs> the, the fact that you're saying lies that we tell ourselves. So, <laughs> you know, and I don't, I don't know what it's like to be a mom, but I have a ton of empathy. My, my sister-in-law just had her second baby and I can only imagine the thoughts that are going through her mind around how her body has changed for, for moms that are new 
that are dealing with these self-limiting beliefs of, as you had said, I don't feel comfortable yet. What are some ways that you attack that? How do you bring people to a higher level and a higher vibration from the, I don't feel comfortable yet mindset? First thing that people really have to do is recognize and be honest. And, and that's really, really hard is, is to be honest with ourselves. Um, you know, three of the hard things to say to other people are, and I, I might've heard it on one of your podcasts actually, where I'm sorry, I love you and help me. But we, they're hard to say to people, but they're even harder to say to ourselves. So when we're a hundred percent honest, then we know what's really happening and, and then we can start to move forward. So when we get really honest about ourselves and our beliefs, then we can look at our priorities start to reframe those thoughts, tell ourselves a new story, use affirmations. And when we're talking about creating lasting positive change, it can't come from this place of self-hate. It can't come from, I have to do something different because I hate this about my body or my kid wrecked my section. I'm a mom, I get it, I've been there. So it, it can't come from this place of self-hate. When we think of change and reframing those self-limiting beliefs, it has to come from this is where I am and I love myself and I accept it, but I can improve myself and I don't have to settle for it. Now, what about the moms that deal with, you know, three, four children, but yet still want to have this healthy body? Have you seen something in, in regards to health and fitness for moms that has really worked as far as a physical practice? I mean, we obviously know the way you've connected the mind body with people is powerful. So these limiting beliefs can be an exercise of growth in itself. But, but as far as the physicality, there's a lot of buzz out there. There's so much noise. There's so much information. A mom goes on the internet and she's just literally dumbfounded by how much, how many different people and experts are telling her what to do above all the noise. Have you seen a few things that a mom can apply right away, whether working with you as a coach or just in her own life on a physical perspective? I think with anything, especially with moms, especially with the physical side of fitness, you have to like it. And you have to like what you're doing. So whether you like running or you like taking your kids out for a jog or playing in the park or going to yoga or putting them, you know, in the gym daycare, just so you can go take a class for an hour with your girlfriends or the other moms. And I, I get it. We're very time strapped. We're very overwhelmed with kids, especially parents, your moms who have multiple children. There's time limits there. There are, there are actual limits that go with the self-limiting beliefs. So um, you know, you have to like it because if you don't like what you're doing, you're not going to do it first and foremost. And you don't need like this elusive hour or two hours to work out, pepper it in where you can. Um, I, I work with moms all over and there are moms who will get up and they'll meditate for a few minutes and they'll, you know, run through a couple sun A's or sun B's yoga wise, um, just to kind of you know, awaken their body in the morning. And then when their kid's napping, maybe they'll bust out a round of 10 burpees. You know, they spread it out throughout the day and it makes it much more easily digestible and doable when you look at it that way. I think we, I got to get to the gym for an hour and I got to find a sitter and I got to wait till my husband gets home. And, and that's not true. I love that you said that because the thought of an hour of time when you have two children, one of them screaming <laughs> is probably not the most attractive thing. No. So, so I'm just, I'm curious, you know, in your own life, I mean, what kind of impact did your son have in the way that you lead a health and fitness program for you? My son 
changed everything for me. He turned my world upside down because I used to work a lot and just do whatever I wanted and I can get to the gym at all hours. So when I had him, he turned everything I was doing into this sense of purpose. And it wasn't just, I get to work out because I can, or I have time, or I was training for a fight or, you know, whatever, or I'm just going to go eat what I want and then the gym. He made me realize that I wanted to be as healthy and happy as I could for him. And I wanted to be around for him and have the energy because mom's energy. If we wake up sluggish and unhappy and dissatisfied, we do our kids a disservice. And it, and it's hard and it's a hard truth, but it is true. And, and if we're waking up like that every day, it's not good for our souls. It's not good for our kids. And we, we can't keep up with them. So he literally turned my world upside down, made me look at my own life. What am I doing? How can I fit this? And, you know, gave me that purpose because I think, you know, if you look at sense of how do we teach our kids things like health and confidence and, and love and happiness and not living it ourselves. And when we look at it like that, we're more apt to take that approach because we can't teach something that we're not living. I love that you said, I wanted to be as healthy and as happy as I could for my son. I mean, I almost wanted to take a breath there and just let that sink in because as I said, I'm, I'm not a parent yet, but I watched uh, my niece. She's almost two for three days. And at the end of that 72 hour period, I had to take like four naps the next day. So <laughs> all the moms out there, I so respect and admire the way that you're able to balance your health journey with having another life or another two lives or whatever it is that you're caring for. So all the moms out there, thank you for what you do. And now I want to transition to a point of turning. So throughout your career, Lori, I mean, I know you've worked with tons of people, some of them mostly being moms. Is there a certain point in your career that you felt like you were moving in the right direction? How did that come up for you? You know, I don't think, I'll be blatantly honest, I don't think there was a certain point or a certain trigger or event that I was like, yes, I'm doing what I need to be doing. You know, anytime I receive a message or somebody reaching out for help, or anytime I receive a message thanking me for something I funny I put on Instagram or something inspirational I put on Facebook or whatever, that's reassurance that I'm living my purpose. And whether it happens multiple times a day or once a week, or once a month, it's just that little piece of, yes, this is what I'm here for. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. So while the stars seem to be aligning and we're excited about everything going on right now, there was never really a specific moment. It's more that ongoing yes, I'm living out my purpose. This is what I'm here for. I know I'm here. I know I was put on this planet. And that's what's really, really cool. Hmm. I love the way that you put that because the, the reason that someone's on the planet is totally unique for each individual. I mean, yeah. I, I can look at my, my brother's life and, and friends that have had children and think that's become their new purpose. These children have become a second or third layer of purpose on top of whatever it is that this, this mom or dad is here to do. And, and, you know, this, this brings a thought up for me and it's, it's these overcoming beliefs, dealing with the overcoming beliefs while taking care of children and trying to manage all that. Is there any, is there any one thing that, that you can really think about in your own life that has made that a little bit easier for people? Cause I think people are looking for things to kind of work through in the way that a parent manages 10 different hats at once. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? 
you know, and, and I was going to address when you said something balance after you took in, you know, four naps after watching your niece <laughs> and you were like, oh, I don't know how you guys balance this. <laughs> you know, I, I think when balance is pretty elusive and, you know, depending on who you ask, balance is possible. And the next person might say, no, balance doesn't exist. And when I started to really realize what was happening in my life and my priorities and really looking at things and making changes, balance really, I'm not sure it exists. And I did a periscope on it a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if it exists. I think it's pretty elusive. So when we give ourselves a break, when moms just give yourself a break, you don't have to balance everything. Because if you think about it, you might be at work. Well, you're certainly not at home when you're at work. And working yourself, then you might not be cleaning your house. So you can't do multiple things at one time. It's just not possible. It's not, you can't do it. So when you just cut yourself some some slack and realize that balance and this perfect balance and these well thought out plans and things that people talk about really might not exist. It's okay. And it makes it okay to put priority in one place one day and then work on something else the next day and not beat yourself up over the fact that, oh, I only got 20 minutes of a workout in or I ate ice cream. It's it's okay. Cut, cut yourself a break. You're doing a lot. Hmm, this is cool too, because I, I feel like what you're talking about is giving yourself permission to not be perfect and mm-hmm. almost in a way of, of having that piece of your mindfulness vision. So if a mom or a dad is being mindful about their life, then it's okay to not be perfect. But I'm, I'm really interested in what you think about mindfulness for a parent, especially moms. I mean, how do moms create mindfulness in their busy lives? Yeah, so I, I think mindfulness can be really overcomplicated. And mindfulness is actually pretty simple in the way that I look at it and have learned it and teach and, and teach it. Um, you know, it's it's such a buzzword right now, and I see it on TV and in magazines and programs and things like that. But I think we look at it as this this daunting thing that I have to practice and incorporate into my life. But really what mindfulness is, it's just awareness. And it's just awareness of where's my my head? Where's my body? Where's my life right now? Where am I at in this physical space? Um, you know, am I making decisions right now that are leading me towards my goals or they're moving me further away? And it's giving your attention to yourself and whoever you're with or whatever you're doing. So really mindfulness is just about awareness and knowing what's going on you know, so many times we're, we're with somebody and we're not a hundred percent present. And I think, you know, you think about if you've ever been out to dinner, you might be checking your phone or looking around and you might not be a hundred percent present. We're always worrying about what's happening five minutes from now, or, you know, the mess that the kids made in their bedroom or the fact that they wrote on the walls. Well, you can't do anything about it right now. So, should you be planning and everything? Yes, we should have goals and we should be making decisions. But mindfulness is just about awareness. And when we simplify it and just check in with ourselves, are the thoughts that I'm having right now helping me, hurting me? That's that's all we need to do. And with parents, especially this this ability to compartmentalize and, and have this piece where I'm going to take these bad thoughts, I'm going to put them in this little treasure chest, and I'm going to open up the other treasure chest where the good thoughts lie. Is it really that easy? I mean, is it really just the, the replication and the repetition of practice 
of being aware of how you're thinking, is, is that the differentiating factor in success with mindfulness? You know, we have about 90,000 thoughts a day, maybe more, maybe less. And, and the majority of them are on repeat, are negative. So we absolutely can change our thoughts, change our, the stories that we tell ourselves and the limiting beliefs that we touched on before. Um, you know, our behaviors come from our thoughts, subconscious and conscious. So whether you are aware you're thinking it or you're not aware that you're thinking it, that's where your behavior is coming from. So the more you're aware, the more you're checking in with, is this thought getting me closer or is this thought moving further away? You just start to become that much more aware and then you can start to change it. And then you can start to shift your mindset and say, okay, self, I'm sorry I said that, you know, in a non-judgmental way, not why would I say that to myself? Oh my gosh, stop judging yourself. Hmm. Self, self, I'm sorry I said that. I love you. This is where I am right now. And this is what I'm going to do about it. And this brings up something for me where there's been phases of my life and with a lot of friends that I have where we're A-type personalities and we kind of like want to figure out a solution. We want to have this linear path of, okay, if I, if I complete task A, B, and C, then the result will be D. But unfortunately, mindfulness and awareness and what you're talking about with just being aware of your thoughts doesn't necessarily work like that. The, the routes that, that human beings take for personal and spiritual growth are not like doing repetitions at the gym. I mean, can you contrast the way that you would train a client physically and the results that they might get physically to the practice they might have just being more aware? I mean, what do those two look like when you put them next to each other? Here's here's the way I look at it, if, if I understand what you're asking me. If I'm training a client and they're like, oh, I hate this. I can't. I'm just going to bust out these reps. <laughs> I don't know why. I sound like this crazy meathead at the gym now. But, um, and they have these thoughts in their head that aren't serving and they're coming from a place of hatred or they're not liking what they're doing or they're working out, running, doing those whatever, doing something they enjoy or whatever they're doing that's physical. They're thinking, I'm only getting stronger. I can do this. Wow, I am so much stronger than I was yesterday. If they're just thinking on those things, your workout will be so much better. When I'm running on the treadmill, I'm thinking, this sucks. Oh my God. And the time is moving slow because nothing is slower than a microwave timer than a treadmill timer. <laughs> and if I'm just thinking like hating life as I'm on the treadmill, or I'm thinking I have these legs that are carrying my body right now, or I'm so much faster than I was yesterday and you just start to think in a different way, your physical workouts change. So when, when a mom is going to work out after a kid, is there a certain way that you train that person compared to like a mom who's, you know, possibly looking on kid number two? I mean, I've seen people that are training in the gym a week after they've had a child, um, two weeks after they've had a child. How would you train somebody that was a new mom? And, and what are the types of things that you might do with them? Depending on their physical needs and, you know, whether they had a, um, a vaginal birth, C-section, or there were complications and things like that, you absolutely have to take all that into consideration when you look at the physical fitness of a mom, um, because we have different needs coming right out of the gate. Some people take longer to heal. So I think initially moms need to know to be easy because our bodies have changed and our bodies need something different. 
Um, people ask me a lot about boot camp classes and things like that. And not everything was created equal. So you go in the classes or workouts and you're looking around. Well, you don't know what that mom's story was. I wasn't able to work out while I was pregnant. As soon as I found out I was pregnant, I couldn't work out. So I had seven, eight months of nothing. So I started from scratch. I went from, I was training and cutting weight for a And when I found out I was pregnant, so it stopped. And so my story is totally different than a mom who, um, if you know who Heidi Powell is, you know, from extreme weight loss, her and Chris Powell, she worked out all throughout her pregnancies, was doing CrossFit and pull-ups. And I was like, man, woman, you're amazing. So everybody has their own thing. But I think what's really important if a mom is looking at her own workouts or, you know, training herself or looking to get into it be easy, be gentle, don't compare yourself and definitely stay away from core stuff because depending again on what kind of birth you had, things need time to heal. So I never touch any kind of core work until I know things are healed, um, that there's no problems with the ab muscles and the separation and things like that. So there's a lot of things that come into play. Um, but I do a lot of compound exercises, you know, squats and um, things that work the whole body lunges or, you know, squat uh, high pulls or shoulder raises, things like that. that you can get a, a lot of bang for your buck when it comes to workouts, especially with moms who don't have a lot of time. Is <laughs> key point, one of those beliefs, I don't have time. So we all know that we don't have time. <laughs> so for people that want to take action with the time that they have, what is some key steps, these action steps for a new mom or, or a mom with multiple kids to begin this integration of mind body today? Oh, like you said earlier, you have to give yourself permission. Things are going to happen. You're going to make mistakes. You are very busy. You're probably sleep deprived. And if and if your kid is four and a half, you still might be sleep, sleep deprived <laughs> <laughs> like me. Um, so, you know, first and foremost, don't compare yourself. Give, your per, give yourself permission to just be easy. Um, look at exercises like slowing down burpees, not doing anything very bouncy, impactful things that comes to the physical stuff. I'm all about building healthy habits, not ridiculous restrictions. So the plans and the programs and things out there that have moms doing all kinds of crazy things, um, I'm not a fan of because I don't know if it's necessarily sustainable or realistic for a mom. So my rule of thumb is if you're making good choices 80% of the time, you're winning. I love that because really like the things that we do that produce the most results don't have to be the biggest actions. It could be just this permission of, of self-acceptance and self-love. So I love the way that you've touched on that throughout our talk today, Lori. And I just had this last question for you. This is really unique with your background, the people that you've trained and what you're doing for the rest of this year and, and years to come. What is wellness to you? Wellness. I think it's a really, really big umbrella and I think it's very all encompassing. And I think when people think of wellness, they look at it in regards to the absence of something being wrong, but wellness is our physical health. Um, Speaking for me, wellness is my physical, my emotional health, stability in my life, feeling like I'm in control. Um, And, and are there things that we are not in control of? Yes. 
but 10%, you know, everything about life, 10% is what happens and 90% is our reaction to it. So feeling more in control, more aware, like we have a good sense of support and that connectedness. So when I look at my own wellness, I don't look at it in just regards of something not being wrong or something not happening now. I look at it as, you know, rating the aspects of my life, the 10, 10 being the highest, the the physical and the emotional health and the sense of control and the social support and, um, you know, my relationship with my husband and my connectedness to the world around me. And I, I think if one of those scales and ratings is kind of off, I look at it because usually it's something that I've done something that I'm slacking on, something that I'm struggling with and where I need to put my focus to kind of bring it back up to, to where I want it to be. Mm. And again, this theme of permission. And I, I love that you've given people permission today. You've given some amazing action steps for moms. Where can people learn more about you and the programs that you have? So you can find my website at BreakthroughMindAndBody.com. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Periscope at Lori Superfoods. And you can find me on Facebook at Lori Streeter Breakthrough Mind and Body. Very I'm cool. everywhere. Yes. <laughs> well, Lori, you know, I know that you believe life should be lived with joy and ease. You encourage this daily practice of gratitude, mindfulness, and physical activity. You reach people across the world. I want to take a second to honor you and the work that you do because we bring people on the show that are really moving the needle for others. And I think that's what you're doing. So thanks for for the contribution you're putting out there. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me. Lori Streeter, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for listening to the show. Head on over to wellnessforce.com slash radio for all the links, show notes, and bonus content. If you're interested in changing old habits with new technology, Download your free digital health transformation guide at wellnessforce.com slash radio.